Welcome to The Movement with your host, Shannon D. Hughes. In your life, do you celebrate the downfalls along with the peaks? You should. These define you as the person you are and help you learn your way to personal success. Now, here is the host of The Movement, Shannon D. Hughes. And the movement continues here on May the 30th. Can you believe we're almost headed to June? Shannon D. Hughes and I am your host for the movement. Questions, comments, please call in live 866-472-5795. 866-472-5795. International, we seem to be growing every week and I appreciate that very much. Your number is 001 480-398-1405. You can also email the show, Shannon at Shannon D. Hughes the movement.com. That's Shannon at Shannon D. Hughes the movement.com. This is the final week of the Me Too month of May, and I don't know if I could pick any two better ladies to end this month with today. And my first guess, well, let's see. How does someone grow up? be a trainer, work in the field, survive being kidnapped and wind up being one of the most sought after speakers, trainers, and known as the six and seven figure maker in the world. Well, we're going to ask her right now. My friend, Alyssa Rushton joins us right now. Hello, Alyssa. Hey, Shannon. Good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Uh, so let me just give the audience a little bit of background. So Alyssa and I met through social media. She found me and said, hey, I want to be your Facebook friend. You've got two friends that are mutual. And her two friends, I actually are one that was a guest two weeks ago. That's Allie Ferguson, Alyssa, who you know. And Lauren Solomon is the other one. She will be my guest next week. So I am in good company to get all three of you on. It's an honor and a privilege. So, okay, Alyssa. Uh, first of all, I hope everything's going down there well in Hawaii. We've seen, I'm looking at the news every five minutes that things are Hawaii, so I hope all is well with you down there. <laughs> yes, it's, it, you know, we do have an active volcano on this island. It is in the process of creating new earth and erupting. It is in the process of destroying some things in the process, which is kind of a metaphor for life, Shannon, that we have to destroy a few things before new things are created and so yeah there's a lot going on on the island right now i i won't i won't lie I, I believe it. Well, you know, I'm always thinking about you and everybody on the island, so I just wanted to get that out of the way. So let's start with you. I want to get all in your business right now. So take me back to little Miss Alyssa. Tell me what it was like where you grew up and uh, what your family upbringing was like coming up. Oh, well, my, you know, I had a pretty vanilla, vanilla life. I grew up actually thinking I was poor and destitute. I thought that we had no money. And yet, really, what the case was is that I lived a middle-class life. My dad belonged to a country club and golfed all the time. But it was just one of those things where how I was raised, I actually believed that we never had enough money and there was never enough to get by. Um, But really, looking back, we were doing quite well. you know, my mom and dad got a divorce, like many, like many parents, and then they went off to do their separate things. I went with mom, but saw my dad every weekend, and we'd always go out and play golf. And that was pretty much it until I hit 14. And at 14, this was a really a pivotal moment for me. I'd okay. always planned on going to Harvard College mm-hmm. to be a lawyer, and I'd always thought about that and planned about that. And what happened was 
there was a moment in time where I realized that that dream wasn't going to happen. And that set me on a course instead of a really good student and doing really well in school, that set me on a course of hanging out with some kids that were maybe not productive for me. And Mm -hmm. my mom and I moved across town. And once we did that, once we moved across town, uh, and I asked my mom, I said, hey, mom, you know, how did we afford to buy this house? And she said, oh, well, I spent your college money on it. Oh, oh. Holy Moses. In that moment, in my 14-year-old mind, my dreams for Harvard were no longer. They had all vanished. Now, at the time, I didn't realize that you could do anything you want. You can create any life you want. So I just figured I was kind of done. So at that point, I moved into the new school, and I really, I checked out. I fell in with with a crowd of kids that used drugs, and within about, I'd say, eight to nine months, I dropped out of high school. Mm-hmm. Wow. So now you drop out of high school. Where does that now? Where now? Where does this take you now? Where where what's 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 Alyssa like at this point after she drops out? What what do you what are some of the things that you're doing? Well, it's interesting because you might imagine that kids that are in with a drug crowd are doing nefarious activities, but I actually was pretty productive kid, I decided that I was going to get a full-time job at Pizza Hut. And so I waited tables and and made pizzas and I just started out my life. And within probably about a year of that, I lied about my, you know, I lied about my age to get the job at Pizza Hut. And then I lied about my age to get my first apartment with a roommate. And this is back, this is back, oh, more than 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. back in the days when no one was checking anything and you could lie about your age and it was no problem. So literally, right. I got my first apartment when I was 16. I was paying for everything on my own and I just was in the workforce working and making a living. And what I realized very quickly was you can make a great living in sales. And right. so I got a series of sales jobs through my team. And at 18, I got one of the best sales jobs I've ever had. I was selling cell phones back in the day when you got paid a ton of money to sell the old brick phones that we hold oh, in our hands that were like three oh, pounds. <laughs> Remember yes. those days, Shannon? I know oh, you do. Oh, yes, I do, unfortunately. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> so I was selling phones and having a great time until the company went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, let's, let's bring us up. We're about 1996 now. At this point in time, I'm selling phones. I'm in my early 20s, and I'm, I'm making a pretty good living for myself. And I'm, I had um, purchased a house with a, with a boyfriend, and we were mm-hmm. hanging out and living together, and everything was going along fine. And a major telecommunications company called me up and said, hey, We'd love to have you come work for us. Now, for me, high school dropout, this position was really great. And the salary was great plus commission. So I thought, heck, I'm going to go and do that. Okay. Now, I worked at this company and I was, I was launching some of the first cell phone stores around the country back in the day when this wasn't really a thing. Like, you didn't really have right. cell phone stores yet. Right, right. And so I started launching stores, and what happened to me was I've always been a real go-getter, Shannon, 
and I've always been one of those people that tends to overachieve. Well, mm-hmm. at this particular store, again, I was in that capacity, but I had a manager there who I had actually worked with in the past, and I got an intuitive hit actually not to take this job because this guy felt really sketchy to me mm. and scary even. But my boyfriend who'd also worked with this guy was like, no, you're totally fine. You're safe. Go work there. It'll be great. Well, it ends up that this man one night, uh, who was my manager, ended up coming into the office at a time where he wasn't supposed to be there. And he kidnapped me. And he put me in shackles, both my arms and my legs, and um, proceeded for the next several hours to threaten my life. And that, at that point, my entire life started to change. My entire life, I didn't know it at the time, but it was a very pivotal moment um, where I really, um, I learned a lot of lessons and stopped trusting in a way. And it was, it was that time where, um, you know, I was so young, I didn't realize that bad things could happen to people yet. You know, I didn't really know that you weren't safe necessarily in the world. Right. Right. Wow. Well, let's fast forward to that. That had to be a terrifying experience. So let's say now Alyssa's a little bit older now and she's working, she's doing her thing. So now um, it seemed like that was the, the paradigm shift. Uh, it's, at least that's what I'm getting from you. So tell me, uh, and we have a, a few minutes before we come up to the break. Tell me where you, where, where it took you after that. What were some of the things that you progressively started to do? Well, you know, what I did is I just dove back into work like nothing ever happened. I never really dealt with the trauma of that. And that then set me on a course for illness and disease. And eventually I ended up getting so sick that I had to leave corporate America because that trauma, and I think it's something that we don't talk about a lot as people in general, but we store physical trauma in our physical body. And so I ended up getting very, very sick and having to um, go on so many medications. My autoimmune system was just a wreck. My digestion was a wreck. And, uh, and I had to eventually leave a, a, nice, a nice corporate cushy gig because mm-hmm. I was too sick to do the job. But ultimately what I realized is I was storing so much pain in my body from this kidnapping event that I never processed out. And that's what got me. Wow. Wow. And that's where you shine your shine your bright, uh, your light brightest. Uh, just, in, just in a few words that we're coming up on the break, just tell me, is, is that where that came from, shining your, your light the brightest? Not yet. I had to go down into the depth, into the deep, dark depth of my soul and actually have a near-death experience. Um, and mm. that's that's where I learned how to shine bright. But I had to go to the most bottom place a human being could be, which is for me wearing diapers in a walker and having 100 pounds on my body, a pick line in my arm for medication, and 28 medications I was taking every day. Oh, oh my goodness. And I, and see why I hashtag you the real Wonder Woman. That's, that's, that's really interesting. Well, um, so... Again, you you have just endured a lot, and I guess, like I said, just coming up on the break. Um, how how what how do you just you know just roll up your sleeves and say do it? I mean, a lot of people it it sounds like it's easy. You just say do it, but how do you just plow through something as as traumatic as that experience was? 
Well, I, I love to talk about that when we come back from the break because I don't know if I can get that out in 30 seconds because <laughs> it's a I, I, process, you know what? Shannon. It's something I, that, you know, for me, I had to go to the very pit of, of what a human being could be for me. I had to go through the trenches and realize what it is that I did not want and look at my life and see what needed to be cleaned up. And that was actually a process. Uh, and it's not something that, that, that happens overnight. For me, it was about a seven-year cleanup process after I had my near-death experience. I had to, had to do so much excavating in order to um, be, even be able to shine at all. Right. Wow. You know what? I'm, this, this is a good commercial to you. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to the break. We are talking to Alyssa Ruster, founder and CEO of Magnetic Messengers Academy. And she is the known as the six and second figure women's voice igniter. She's a champ and is a good friend of mine. And we're going to have her come back later in the show. But when we come back, we're going to have the hottest DJ in Las Vegas join us, DJ Kiki. She will be with us when we come back on the movement right after this. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at SDHughesEnterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com il. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795 or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to shannon at shannondehughes-themovement.com. That's shannon at shannondehughes-themovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we most certainly would like to hear from you, 866-472-5795. Last week was a running joke. Everyone was texting my phone 
during the show asking me questions instead of calling into the show. My my number is off limits during the show, but this number, 866-472-5795, is the one you should call. And also email the show, Shannon at Shannon D. Hughes, the movement.com. Also visit the show's website, uh, Shannon D. Hughes, the movement.com. We've got updated episodes in there. We've got pictures. We've got contact information. Please visit the website as well. So Alyssa's going to be back later in the show, but right now, uh, there's a young lady. Um, she likes she likes to let the music play. She began developing her extensive and multifaceted skills on, on the decks at, at the State of the Art in two, 2007. While pursuing a career in modeling, she recognized her passion for DJing and began channeling her energy into discipline. She is one of the hottest DJs, not only across the country, but in her home of Las Vegas. I actually found her as well on uh, social media, and I did not get to meet her when I was out there last July, but I have her on today. I have Kumani Chancila Flat, a.k.a. DJ Kiki. Hello, DJ Kiki. Hi, Shannon. You nailed it. I'm very impressed. <laughs> well, I, 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 I was sweating bullets trying to pronounce your name. I'm so, I, I'm, so, I'm so sorry if I mispronounced it, but I had to get that right. So I, I had to do you some justice. So let's talk about you. You Let's talk about you're not from here. You are from? Well, originally I was born in Thailand, um, mm. but I came to the States when I was three years old, uh, pretty much raised in um California, Northern California, Stockton area, right across the bay. Okay. And what was it like uh, growing up there and with your parents? What was that like? Well, back when I was younger, Stockton wasn't as violent as it is now. <laughs> mm-hmm. You've heard all kinds of rumor about Stockton by now. Mm-hmm. But, um, I came from a very strict family. Uh, my father was uh, in the Army. He fought in the Vietnam War, so we were kind of raised, you know, kind of like a little militant, very strict, like most Asian parents. Um, so they wanted me to become like a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, you know, more like a recognizable profession. Um, I never thought I was going to end up being a teaching myself, but here I am, and I love what I do. <laughs> was that a tough struggle? with you and the parents when you were because like my parents were blue collar uh, my dad uh, was came from the from the uh, U- U.S. Naval uh, Service and um, you know blue collar worker worked at the post office my mom went to work and they want you to go to school get education you know you know the American dream type thing so was your was that a struggle um, you know with your parents um, kind of trying to convince them that this is probably not what you want to do um actually when I was younger, in my 20s, uh, early 20s, I kind of just followed the path that they wanted me to go, you know, because that was what everybody was doing at the time, my sister, my family, you know, my relatives. So at that age, I thought I wanted to become a teacher, and I actually went to school majoring liberal arts, um, minor in education, and then Mm -hmm. after college, you know, I taught for two years. And realized that wasn't what I wanted to do and um, did a couple other jobs, you know, restaurant management. Got my foot in a lot of doors as well and just kept realizing it wasn't for me. You know, there was really, I wasn't happy until I moved to Vegas and got into the nightlife industry. So I started out as a cocktail waitress, then I bartend, then I went into VIP hosting and 
um, I was around the nightclub life, around a lot of DJs, and felt like that's where I belong. You know, I felt that I could really progress in this industry and started to develop a love for music, DJs, that type of uh, environment. I always always wanted to ask DJs questions. Some of them are, and some of them not. Some of them are have a musical background. They they played some instruments or what have you. And some just love the music and learn learn to you know learn that craft. Is there any musical uh, education in your background that went into this? Um, you know, I was more self taught. Uh, I didn't take any courses growing up, but when I moved to Vegas, I started taking piano lessons. You know, just here and there, went on YouTube, went online, and just kind of taught myself how to play the piano, and been doing it for about a little over eight years now, eight, nine years. Wow, wow. Wow, okay, so we have that in common, so we're both piano players as well. Uh, that's very good. Um, so now tell me, um, and again, with this being a theme of and I'm actually going to say the main question for the two of you ladies when I have you later in the show. The DJing field, um, at least back when I was younger, and you and I are roughly the same age, it, it's, and it still kind of is. It's a male-dominant industry, as a lot of the industries are. What was that like breaking in uh, to, for, to, you know, getting trained and getting people to take you seriously as a woman? Or was that, was that an issue at all? You know, at first it wasn't, because when I first started back in 2006, um, there wasn't too many female DJs in right. the industry. And so a lot of the venues, especially here in Vegas, um, wanted female DJs for the okay. pool parties. And it's just, you know, a lot of these venues felt like it's more sexy to have a female DJ behind the DJ booth. So right. the majority of the venues, especially like here in Vegas, for instance, a lot of Caesars property actually was looking for female DJ. So initially it was not difficult to tap into. Um Actually, when I first got started, I got booked right away and was doing, you know, four or five gigs a week, which mm. back then was kind of unheard of for any right. DJ, you know, male or female. Right. Um, but with that being said, I still feel like I'm constantly being watched and judged, um, right. you know, as a female DJ, more so than a male DJ, because they want to make sure that we actually know what we're doing as opposed to right. just looking good and getting booked. So there's right. always that two sides to the story. You know, a lot of people that come into Vegas, especially, say, from, like, the uh, Midwest or, you know, from a different uh, country, they don't see too many female DJs. So right. it's, it's, it's really um, an inspiring situation to actually see a female DJ behind the DJ booth. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let me ask a kind of a technical question about DJing. Um, when you first got started, what was is was there a couple of things or just one thing that was kind of uh, an undertaking to try to get a grasp of when you're doing this? Because obviously I've gone to a lot of clubs and and I'm watching. I'm amazed at some of the things you all can do. What was some of the technical things that might have that was a little challenging when you were getting started? I think um, transitioning probably from one genre to a different genre. Um, I'm what you know, we call it an open format DJ. So in my line of work, we pretty much have to be able to play to any type of crowd. So right. you can have an older crowd, you can have a younger crowd that's at the venue and be able to play to that different 
uh, type of crowd. So, you know, on one set, I could be playing anything from, like, classic rock to hip-hop to house, you know, to mm-hmm. old-school throwback to funk. And you, the most difficult part is you can't please everybody when you have that kind of crowd as opposed right. to, like, a nightclub setting. A nightclub setting, people go in... And they'll know, okay, it's going to be a hip-hop venue, or it's going to be a house venue, you know, it's going to be all classic rock venue, and that's what they're going to hear or expect to hear. But if you're doing, say, like lounges or bar, like, for instance, one of my residencies, Heart Bar, um, Mm -hmm. we get all type of crowds in there. So depending on, you know, the convention that's in town, depending on the event that's in town, we pretty much have to transition in and out of these different genres and be able to make everybody happy. And still, you know, it's, it's, it's like a 50-50% chance. Wow, <laughs> so <with> that wow. Said. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, we, have a, we have about three and a half minutes before the break. Um, let me ask you a question. When you, because you, I know you DJ at different spots. Um, do the owners of the club, do they have any, I don't say in, in, input of what you play, or do they say, can you kind of change? Do they ever come to you and say, Hey, DJ Kiki, can you give me a little of this or more of this? Or can you, you know, do they ever say that to you? And is there ever a conflict when they, if that ever happens at all? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's certain venues where the, the, the management will literally tell me, okay, Kiki, we don't want any hip hop or we don't want anything before um, 2005 kind of thing. And then we'll have guests that come up and request for those songs. And we actually have to run it through management and make sure it's okay, you know, because Again, um, with a lot of the venues, um, it's not just about pleasing the, you know, the guests that's coming in, but it's also about pleasing the management as well. And so, you know, those two oftentimes will clash. Right. I got you. Um, tell me about the, your very first gig. What was that like? Tell me, was it, were you, were you nervous? Were you, did you have it? Hey, I got this. What was that like when you did your first one? <laughs> I was, I think. You know, and my first gig, I was actually on stage. It was Asian nightclubs, and uh, yeah, it, for me, even till today, if I go on stage and perform in front of a crowd, I still get butterflies in my stomach. Obviously, just because you know there's so much stuff that could go wrong when you're right. on stage and you're going live. Um, but even after so many years of doing it, there's still every now and then you'll have technical issues, whether it's computer issues software issues, you know, equipment issue. So you kind of, you know, hope for the best, but plan for the worst. (laughs) So my first (laughs) gig, I'm thinking, okay, hopefully everything will go smooth. Fortunately, it did. But the first 20 minutes, I was nervous. I was a nervous wreck, but thank God it didn't show. Nobody saw, you know, how nervous I was. And towards the end of the night, it just, no mistakes. It was just flawless. And Ever since then, I just love the feeling that I get being on stage. It's just amazing. You're almost you're, so you're an, you're a performer in your own right. I mean, even though you're not singing and dancing, you're you're moving the crowd. You're like the you're like the maestro. Would you're the MC? Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. That's exactly what we do. We move the crowd, and the best DJs will be able to get the crowd going. And, you know, and that's always the hardest part, I think, about being a DJ. You know, we always think that we're going to go in there, play music, and then the crowds are just going to go crazy. It is not like that at some of these venues. You literally <laughs> have to, you know, kind of have like a playlist in mind, see what, you know, see 
the age group, what kind of vibe you're feeling from um, the crowd, and then right. kind of base your you know music off of that. And that's probably one of, I think, the difficulty of being a DJ or being a great DJ is to be able to actually move the crowd. Wow, that's amazing. I got 20 seconds. Tell me some of your favorite spots you've uh, done around the world. Um, well, the Philippines was one of them. Um, Thailand is amazing as well. I'm actually thinking of doing another uh, small tour at the end of this year in Thailand. But, wow. you know, ultimately that's probably what I like to do is just kind of not be so stationary and just start doing international tours uh, through Asia, Europe, and across the world. I love it. I love it. That's DJ Kiki, and she is the most sought-after DJ, in my opinion, in the United States. And we are going to go to a commercial, but when we come back, I'm going to have both of these talented ladies, DJ Kiki and Alyssa Rushton, and we're going to get together. We're going to talk about the Me Too movement, and we're going to go back to Alyssa's story. And i got a few more questions for the both of them. We'll be right back on the movement right after this. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com il. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795 or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email, or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. That's shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I would love to hear from you if you possibly like to be a guest on my show. Are you willing to share your personal stories to help influence and empower others? Please contact the show via email, Shannon at Shannon D. Hughes the movement dot com. That's Shannon at Shannon D. Hughes the movement dot com. 866-472-5795 is the toll free number to call in. 
questions, comments, hopefully no concerns, but we have DJ Kiki and we have Alicia Rustin as my guests here. Uh, and I want to go back to Alyssa for a second, uh, DJ Kiki, if that's all right. And Alyssa, so I was talking about when you were doing your paradigm shift. So let's talk about when you, when you accelerated and you had to go through some things. You want to touch on some of the things that you had to go through before you kind of started to blossom into the person that I know you are now? Yeah, well, thanks, Shannon. Um, first thing is I had to actually die <laughs> oh. to myself and uh, physically actually get taken out uh, through a drug overdose. I was on all of these medications, and they interacted with each other, and it just got to be too much for my body. And my husband at the time actually found me not breathing, lips blue, nails blue, completely gone on the bathroom, on the toilet, actually, which is a great place for revelations. I find that right. the toilet bowl is one of those places where we all get those divine downloads. Mine happened to be, I, got, I, I call it my full reboot. So once that happened to me, and long story short, you know, I got taken to a hospital, I got restarted, I got pumped mm-hmm. full of na- narcotic-blocking drugs, and mm-hmm. went into instant withdrawal, instant drug withdrawal, because I was on so many different pain medications to block all of this pain that my body had been having for so long. And after that experience, Shannon, what Two things happened. One, when I when I came back the next day and was kind of realized what had happened, I had a thing that just was in my head, and this thing was, I'm getting better and better every day in every way, and this thing would just play through my head over and over and over and over and over again, and I I almost couldn't stop it. It was like somebody other than me was playing this thing, mm-hmm. and what started to happen was I did start to get better and better every day in every way. And I had to make a conscious decision once that overdose happened. I had to consciously decide that my life was not working for me. It was a clear wake-up call to, to recognize, oh, Alyssa, what you're doing is actually killing you. Right. So once I knew that, I had to then take appropriate action to get off all the drugs. Now, a normal person probably would have gone to a treatment facility and had a doctor manage their detox and getting off all of that stuff, but I'm not very normal, and I tend to like to do things myself. So what I did instead is I just titrated myself down off all of these medications, many of them what they call end-of-life medications because they're so strong that they only put you on these at the end of your life because you don't stand a chance of ever getting yourself off of them. They're so addictive. Right. But I managed to. And in doing this process, which was a longer process for me, what I realized is, I don't know if you've ever seen um, the movie Doctor Strange, but it was kind of like that for me where I realized that I had to break into a million pieces. And I, I tried to have Western medicine fix me. And what I realized is it was an inside job. I had to go so deep within myself and clear out the old wounds and the old hurts that were causing physical pain. I had to do the deep spiritual work. And Mm -hmm. in doing that, in getting a meditation practice, in getting my physical body back in shape, in learning how to nourish my body with, with a diet that actually served me well, you know, my diet before was Mountain Dew, cigarettes, and red wine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
Note so, to self, uh, if you want to live very long, it's not a great diet. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's not. No, it's not at all. No, it's not at all. So actually, let me let me pose this question to the both of you, because I know I know Alyssa definitely. And I, uh, DJ Kiki, we have not talked about it, but I, I think I'm right on this. You two are take care of yourselves physically. Um, so let me ask you a question. What is if you're because there are some people because I, I go to the gym at least five days a week. I get people say, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? So I'm going to pose the question to my two guests. How do you find time and why do you, you know, stay in shape? Just let's talk about this for a second. I'm going to start with DJ Kiki on this one. Why do you how do you get to get up and go and, and take care of your body? And because and, a lot of people just just don't want to do it. Oh, yeah, I actually make exercising and gym a priority. That comes before anything else. And um, just to kind of rewind, give you a little bit of history why I do that, is because I was actually sick. I was diagnosed with cancer twice Mm. and uh, went through a terrible, terrible, kind of like a survival struggle, pretty much, to, to get my health back. And then after that happened, uh, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And so with all the health issues that I was, you know, struggling with, I really had to do a turnaround with, with just my lifestyle, my eating habits, exercising, getting enough sleep. Because even with my schedule being the way it is, and Shannon, you've seen my schedule. I do, like last yes. week, I did like 10 gigs a week. That's almost unheard of in seven oh. days. Wow. But even with that being said, I wake up, depending on how late I go to bed, some of my gigs, I don't go to bed till 4 or 5 in the morning, and if Mm -hmm. I have to be at the pool the next day for a pool party, I will get up, you know, two hours prior to my gig, knock out the gym, get my workout in, and go straight to work. So uh, it's definitely a must in my schedule before anything else. I love it. Alyssa, I've seen you do live feeds, and you're out there running. Talk about how you get up and go at it. It's true. I do. And the same reason as DJ Kiki, because of the fact that I realize you can have all the money in the world. You can have all the fame or success or all the physical stuff that everybody wants. But if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And I spent hundreds, probably like DJ Kiki, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars getting my health back online and I'm just not willing to do anything that opposes that. I know how important health is, and I, I also know how long it takes to get it back once you've lost it. So now it's just about doing the daily practices. For me, that's green juice, meditation, spiritual work, being in nature, just connecting on the grass is something that is so so lost these days, but it actually, there's there's science around connecting into the ground and how it balances out your physical body. So there's so many different things that I love to do that just keep me balanced and able to really, like DJ Kiki, live this larger-than-life life, but we have to do the work in order to be able to do that consistently. I agree, and I think I, I'm going to ask a very stupid question, so I'm, that's a spoiler alert, but I know the answer to it because I work out as well and I do yoga as well. Would you all, would the two ladies say that keeping your body staying in tune with your body listening to your body just makes everything just kind of just i wouldn't say easy to deal with but you know how to tackle issues like if you feel something coming you know how to attack it you know if you know you need to work on something would you say keeping that that body in shape especially as we get older 
is it just makes everything your day run much better. Would you agree or disagree? Uh, I'm going to start with Alyssa. Absolutely. And if I can, Shannon, it's like, it's your vehicle through life. And so I want my vehicle to be the most fantastic life vehicle that I can and the most fit and fast and, and just able to handle all life circumstances. So for me, absolutely, I prioritize it above all else. DJ Kiki? Yes, I completely agree with Alyssa. I feel like, you know, everything starts with you. So if you take care of your health, you take care of your body, you'll be able to take care of everything else. Everything else, it becomes a lot more easier to manage. But if you let yourself go, you know, and again, it starts off with physically and then it becomes mentally. So, you know, if your body's out of shape physically, mentally, you're probably not feeling right as well. And that in turn, um, you know, kind of allows you to procrastinate or allow other stuff in your life to fall apart around you. Whereas if you're on top of, you know, your health, on top of things that you do, eat right, then everything else you're going to try to put it in line as well um, and, you know, make the best of the condition that you're given for the most part. But, yeah, it definitely, I, I, I agree. It starts with your health, starts with your body before you can actually achieve and try to, you know, make everything work in your life and things that are around you. Absolutely. we got 90 seconds left uh, before we go to our last break. Um, talk about, we always talk about working out, but we, sometimes we forget that second part. And you both mentioned it, the eating, eating correctly. I mean, I'll start with you, DJ Kiki. Just give me a few things to, you know, how to kind of work the eating right with the working out. And, you know, because some people seem to forget that. Yeah, for me, I have a routine down. So I do probably like eight meals throughout the day. I know it sounds weird because I'm working all the time, but I, you know, I'll pack my lunch or in between my gigs or shifts, I'll, you know, have a meal, but they're all small portion meals and they're all healthy meals. Um, I don't eat red meat, so it's just going to be like seafood, salad, you know, um, like chicken breast. And right. I try to steer away from fried food, but sometimes it's hard to do because I absolutely love chicken wings. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most <laughs> part, I do protein shakes and meal replacements as well as snacks throughout the day. Um, and that always gives me the energy that I need. I'll start feeling really tired and sluggish if I don't get my six to eight meals a day. And when I say meal, that you know, includes like the protein shakes and right. all the little snacks that are in between. It's, yeah, that's kind of the routine that I have going on. And because I work late and my hours are so crazy that sometimes it'll be like 2 or 3 in the morning and I'll have a meal, you know, uh, right? like a small yeah. meal right before, yeah, right before I go to bed. So it's, it's right. different because my schedule is not a set schedule like somebody who has like a 9 to 5 schedule. Absolutely. Alyssa, give it to me in about 20 seconds. Well, I think everybody's body is different. So for me, it's green juice, lots of veggies, lots of salads, lots of um, sunshine. <laughs> I, I feel like that's where I, I thrive best. Definitely lots of greens for me. That's how I roll. 
I love it. And that fried food, man, that's still a struggle for me, but that's okay. We are with DJ Kiki and Alyssa Rustin. We will be back for the final segment of the show. We're going to get a little serious for a minute. Then we're going to talk about both of their businesses and where you can reach out to them. We'll be back on the movement right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal. Call Shannon for a free statement analysis, 708-887-0795, or email Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com. If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com il. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. That's shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. We'd love to hear from you. 866-472-5795 is the show's number. Email the show, Shannon, at Shannon D. Hughes. That's the movement.com. Um, I want to actually take a, a minute here to give a special thanks to Voice America for helping me put the Me Too movement month of May together. Uh, special thanks to the show's uh, leader, Jeff Bernard, Ryan Treasure, who's been an uh, absolute champ, and uh, my beautiful and talented producer, Tacey Trump. You've been absolutely a doll to work with. My guests this month were Nia Wardlaw, Janet Rodriguez, Julie Sands, Ali Ferguson, Sammy Tucker, Zandra Grant, and the two that are bringing up the rear, DJ Kiki and Alyssa Rushton. I thank you all so much. This means more to me than you know. Uh, it's just a small contribution to the Me Too movement, and I had to do this. And next week, uh, a, a lady who's a friend of me and Alyssa, as I pointed out earlier, Lauren Solomon, uh, teaches the art about being your very best self and your most confident and capable characteristic of your oneself inside and out. Join me next week when my guest will be Lauren Solomon on the movement here on the Influencers Channel at VoiceAmerica.com. And you can also pick us up at iTunes. So, ladies, uh, I just said a minute ago um, that this is a theme month. You all knew about this going in, what this was called, the Me Too Movement Month of May. And uh, most of my guests, we talked about it a little bit. I was just would be curious as your thoughts of the women's movement, just your general thoughts of 
the direction it's going, the things you like, the things you dislike, um, some things that have not been discussed. Alyssa, I want to start with you on this. I'm so sorry, Shannon. Can you can you tell me the question again? You you want me to to do what? Oh, I apologize. I want you to give me your thoughts on just the the women's movement that's going on right now. It's just some of the things that that you like, that you don't like, that maybe that needs to be talked about more because um, this being the theme month. Uh, what 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 are your thoughts on the women's movement that's going on uh, in actually in the world right now? Oh, Shannon, I love this. Okay, at the risk of offending a large majority of the women out there. <laughs> stand back, stand back, stand back. <laughs> Here, here's what I want to say. Having okay. been the on the receiving end of multiple male-perpetrated offenses, a kidnapping being one of them, I do want to say my personal opinion here is that I understand that there's something here to be cleared collectively for women. And I also understand for myself that on some level, I needed the lesson that that gave me. My soul, right. my higher self, my, my purpose here on the planet is the school of life. So on some level, I needed that lesson. And on some level, I was a vibrational match for that. Because for me, I actually had the intuition to avoid that situation, and I didn't. And I believe that most women who've been of what I'm calling um, on the receiving end of Mm -hmm. something like that, not a victim, but on the receiving end, because you choose to be a victim or not. Like you choose if any situation is empowering and you learn from it or it's disempowering and you're a victim and you carry it around as a wound and baggage for the rest of your life. So all that, Shannon, to say that I understand the movement, the hashtag me too. I Mm -hmm. do get that. And I believe that in, in some respects, it's good to kind of bring attention to that and clear it out. Right. And at the same time, part of me, um, part of me wants people to not identify in any way with being a victim or um, or or the collective. Like this is happening to us as as women. So so what I'm hopeful about is I'm hopeful that with this movement, I'm hopeful that we can bring some higher level consciousness to these types of issues. And I'm hopeful that um, as a general society, we can start to make the shift from me against you and domination versus submission and all of that stuff to I am you, you are me, and what I do to you affects me and vice versa. I'm really acting from a level of consciousness that, that no one would think of harming another person because on some level, they know that that's really harming themselves. So that's, no. that's my thoughts on it. I, I know I probably ha- will have offended some people with this stance, but I really <laughs> do believe um, that, you know, we're in vibrational alignment to the things and circumstances that are in our lives. And they're there for a reason. And they're usually there for our growth. And some of them really, pardon the term, they suck. They're just awful. And I get right. it. I've been through many of them myself. And yet you can choose to use that as the rocket fuel for your greatest success. Most people in life mm-hmm. um, who are the most successful have some sort of extreme struggle. And it's almost like a law of physics. The more 
the, the worse the failure, the more great the success. And so I, I honestly think that sometimes these things are actually needed for our greatest rocket fuel. Do they suck? Absolutely. Um, do we wish there was more of them? No, we don't. And yet we can choose to take them and make it our greatest gift and our greatest success ever. I love it. DJ, we got about four minutes. Give me a couple of minutes of what you think. I think what Alyssa said completely nailed it. I completely agree with everything she said on that. I, I do, you know, just like when she was mentioning how it's not always a good thing to shine the light on us as a victim, but yet at the same time I feel like it is something that needs to be put out there. It needs to be heard. It needs to be said. Um, but not everybody's going to, you know, react to it in a positive light. You know, again, right. most people are going to be like, you know, oh, boo-hoo, you know, they're just playing the victim card again. But um, especially here, it's being in Vegas, I feel like there's so many issues that, you know, that we don't touch on. Because Vegas is like a whole different world of its own. You know, right. human trafficking, for instance, is such a huge, huge thing here that nobody even talks about or brings it up. You know, this, this, the kind of lifestyle that people have here, especially young girls, even in their early 20s, for instance, are seeing things here that are that they consider acceptable mm-hmm. in Vegas, whereas in other cities or states would not be. And, you know, I think that's a, a kind of a big issue that nobody sees, that it's kind of like, you know, big elephant in the room kind of thing, but nobody's going to say anything about it. And But at the same time, nobody wants to be that person to step up and bring it into the attention because then, again, they don't feel like they don't want other people to judge them as being, you know, a victim or as being somebody who are going to create some kind of scene or issue. Um, right. And it, it falls down to, for, for me personally, because I grew up, again, in a really strict family, and we were taught not to voice ourselves. That's the kind of family that, you know, like... Whenever we feel something, we keep to ourselves. When we have opinion, we keep to ourselves. We don't have something good to say, we don't say it. And so that's the kind of mentality that I grew up on. But now I'm slowly transitioning out of that because I'm starting to realize that you do, at some point, have to say something if you want to make a change. Couldn't have said it any better. All right, we are down in the last 90 seconds or so. I want you both to tell everybody where they can find you. DJ Kike, give us all your social media handles and everything. Alrighty, so um, you can find me at djkikimusic.com, my website, and then on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at djkikimusic, and I also have all my mixes and my music on soundcloud.com slash djkikimusic, and also mixcloud.com slash djkikimusic. My love it, Alyssa. Thanks, Shannon. Well, you can find me at Alyssa1S, two A's, Rushton.com, and all my social media is at Alyssa Rushton. So, we'll love to have you guys check it out. And thank you so much, Shannon, for having me on the show today. You're so awesome. 
Um, all the thanks goes to you too. You all have made this month or completed this month is better than I thought it would. But uh, DJ Kiki is out of Las Vegas. She's a DJ. Go to any club. She's probably at one of them. She does like 20 gigs a week. So you'll find her at any of them. That's how good she and, and demand she is. And Alyssa Rustin is is a is a personal friend of mine, speaker, mindset coach. She is she is just the goods. I love having this woman as my friend and coming on this show. So I genuinely appreciate both of you coming on. Thanks again to Voice America for allowing me to do this month. Join me next week. Lauren Solomon will be my guest. Uh, she's a, we're just going to spin it forward with more powerful women come on this show. And just remember, when you need a little movement in your life, it all starts with you, as you heard from the both of them. See you all next week on The Movement. Take care. Thank you for joining us for The Movement. Your host, Shannon D. Hughes, invites you to tune in again for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.